0: With that said, it's Father's Day. And dads, we need, to, we need to love on you a little bit. We need to um, challenge you. Uh, I think it's always fitting. It's always appropriate. Um, other than you being a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, your number one responsibility, men, dads that are here, your number two responsibility is to be a faithful husband to love their wife as Christ loves the church. And number three... Before anything else, before you head out to work to be the greatest, whatever you have been called to do, your responsibility as a father is more important than anything else. Um, Oftentimes I've thought that if the church grew, if a ministry increased, if a career was successful, then we're successful. And that's so wrong. If we've failed at homes... If we fail in our role that we have as husbands and as fathers, I, regard, I believe that regardless of whatever part we are touching in our lives, then ultimately we have failed. And so that's why this morning, this this time together, is so important for us to learn about what it means to be a, a father, okay, That that models our heavenly father, which is a huge responsibility, but thankfully the Holy Spirit gives to us, the means and the ability to do that. I want to direct your attention to a text. I think it's a really interesting text. Uh, Mark chapter 10. If you have your Bibles, take them and turn with me. We're going to read verses 13, um, 14, 15, and 16. Mark chapter 10. You'll see this story. It's actually repeated three times out of the four Gospels. Mark chapter 10, 13 through 16. There's a lesson in it for all of us, but dads, I want to speak directly to you this morning as we honor, but I believe it's fitting to challenge you as well. Mark chapter 10, verse 13, And they were bringing children to him, to Jesus, that he might touch them. And the disciples rebuked them But when Jesus saw it, He was indignant. And He said to them, Let the children come to Me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the Kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the Kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And He took them in His arms, and bless them, laying his hands on them. I love to, part of my responsibility in study is, is, is to read and to examine. And you look that the same story takes place, not just in Mark chapter 10, it takes place in Matthew chapter 19. It gives interesting detail from Matthew's perspective. He says that they were little children. There's children, there's little children. The story is told as well in Luke chapter 18. And if you examine and read and study, you can compile and I think recreate as best as we can in our minds the the storyline or the scenario that takes place as we reconstruct the following scene. So here it is. It's shortly after, chronologically speaking, this event takes place shortly after the transfiguration. and So the word had gone out from Peter and the others that, okay, Jesus is not, not just anyone. He is someone. And the light is beginning to dawn. He had left Galilee, and now he's on in the region of Judea. He's on the, the east side of the Jordan River. And Jesus had been dialoguing, very commonplace with the religious leaders of the day. And as he began to teach... There is a great crowd, a large crowd of people that had gathered to hear him. He was a magnet to listen to, to see him. And some people even thought if they could get close enough to touch him. This one that they were now referring to as the Messiah, the long-awaited. Now in the middle of this crowd were some Pharisees that had been disputing and arguing with not only the message of Jesus, but also the authority of who Jesus claimed to be. And we know that earlier the Pharisees had tried to trick Jesus and said that he had strayed from the teachings of the highly respected Old Testaments, particularly when it came to the subject of divorce, a challenging subject, no doubt. And so they thought they had kind of cornered Jesus. And as he was teaching, it was actually a very, very intense setting. There was a, a weight about it. Everyone was straining and, and leaning in to hear. How's he going to handle the attacks, the verbal assaults that are coming? Now, in the meantime, in the midst of this crowd, there are some parents that apparently are completely oblivious to the swirling controversy about the doctrinal subject of divorce that is being spoken about. And these parents have one concern, just like you and I do. We want the best for our kids. And so what they did is that they brought their little Rebeccas or Sarahs or Rachels and Jacobs, they brought them and they would hold on to them and they would work their way through the crowd. You've been in those crowded situations before after a ball game and it's shoulder to shoulder and you can only get so far. But then what these parents did is they probably took their own children, they set them down, and they kind of pushed them. Kids are going to get through a crowd somehow better than we do. And these little ones make their way all the way up to the front. And he is right there. And as, as, as they work their way closer and closer to Jesus, the disciples are doing what they actually think is the right thing to do. Come on, kids, now let's go, let's go, move along. This is a very important setting. Little ones, not, not time, not right now, not for you, not here. And we understand that in the midst of that, Jesus sees a lesson that can be taught. He never misses, never misses. He, he sees everything that takes place in your life and in my life. And Jesus Christ sees out of the corner of his eyes, he sees this little one's. Think of this, the king, the creator of the entire universe says, let these little ones come right to me. And I believe there's an amazing lesson for you and I, and I think it's perfectly appropriate, not just on Father's Day, but a day that this place will be filled up, a week that this place will be filled up with little ones. Let the little children's come. Jesus Christ gives to us an example of how we are to handle it. And you and I know that what well, it's challenging at times to let the kids always come. I remember a time years ago that I had uh, come home from the office and, and as Wendy was making dinner, I, uh, I was laying on the couch and, and just just exhausted, just mentally. I remember that and laid down and you try to catch just a few minutes. And, and, and I remember that I watched Sarah. She was only little at the time. She came racing, racing right across the living room And without just missing a beat, just dove knees first right into my gut. And just just kinda takes the wind out of you. And she she grabbed my face right in and she goes, Daddy, you wanna buy something in my store? And you you just know you're just like what? And you're tired and you're exhausted. You think about you can't you can't you can't just rely on your flesh at that moment with how you're going to proceed. You've got to be ready for moments like that. Dads, you know that you come home at times and you're exhausted, you lay down. If the house was on fire, you would want to get up, let alone take the time to read to your toddler or have a tea party or throw the ball or to, or to wrestle. You know, Jesus Christ gives to this, us this reminder, let them come. Don't hinder them. Don't do anything to stop them. And I believe when Jesus made those comments, that he had you in all of your importance and responsibility and exhaustion, the congestion and busyness. He had you in mind. Don't ever stop these little ones. Don't ever stop allowing yourself to have what? Complete openness. A couple lessons here. Jesus showed that he was never too busy. Jesus was never too busy. We should never be too busy. Jesus as well showed what there was actually indignation. We could call it righteous indignation or holy anger that was directed at the disciples. Don't ever stop them from coming to me. We should be as equally indignant in a righteous way. When anything thwarts or stops little ones from receiving blessing and receiving help, you know that Jesus taught that a child's faith, there's something unique about it. A child's faith is closer to what we're looking for and living for in the kingdom of God than anything else. And Jesus never, ever, ever, ever misses what's happening around Him. We miss so much of what happens around us. He doesn't miss a beat. When His little ones come running, He scoops them up into His lap. And He what? Instead of always telling children to obey like adults, He He talks to the adults and he says, you better start behaving. You better start believing like a child. Specifically, it says, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not even enter it. Jesus is saying what? The only way, the only hope that you and I have of the kingdom of heaven, the only hope that we ever have of actually making it to heaven is to begin to to see our Heavenly Father the way that a child should see the earthly Father. We are to see our Heavenly Father as what? A loving Father who is complete in grace, regardless of what we have done. And we have done some really foolish things. But God's arms remain open. We're to see our Heavenly Father as one who is a righteous Father. He's still complete in truth. Think about it. When a a little one comes running to an adult, when a little one comes running into the arms, to the hands of a father, they expect to be picked up. They expect to be cared for. They expect to be loved. That's why they're running towards you. We should expect the exact same thing from our Heavenly Father. I want you to think of it like this. Dads, that God's God's, um, arms are open, ready to receive, ready to hear, ready to forgive, regardless of what has happened. And we should desire this for our own children. We make ourselves completely available. At any moment, we have this long list in the book of Proverbs that we desire for our children to hear their father's instruction in Proverbs chapter 1, to keep your father's commandment in Proverbs chapter 6. We want wise sons who make a a, a father glad, it says, in Proverbs chapter 10. We want all of these successes. We want all of these blessings. We want all this obedience. And yet, rarely, rarely do we make ourselves available for them. So it's complete, open accessibility. Now, does it mean that we bend to every wish and whim of our children? Absolutely not. But communicate with them. Let them know when dad is busy, but reschedule that time as soon as possible to say, I have to address this now, but I'm going to be right back to you because you are important, just like God gives us a message. I'm going to give you three things real quickly here as we finish up. Caring dads give their kids all of their attention, not some of their attention. I want you to picture Jesus right here. Something tells me that when Jesus Christ drew these young ones into his arms, he didn't carry on a conversation without missing a beat with everyone else around him. I believe he gave them all of his attention to the little boy, to the little girl that he held in his life. He took them in his arms and he blessed them. I see him, in a sense, putting his hands on their little face and looking square into their eyes. And blessing them, giving them the attention. Did you ever you ever try to, to give attention to your child while you're doing something else? Okay, we're playing a game of monopoly and we're still talking on the phone, and it doesn't really, really work that well. You ever try to 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 uh, read a book while while you're distracted with and, and we oftentimes try to cut bits and pieces of our time and we can't do that. We have to give all of our attention. Jesus did exactly that. It means also, which is very interesting today, is that we don't substitute our time with our money. This happens a lot, even unintentionally. Listen, Dad's really busy right now, so why don't you go in my dresser, and grab a couple dollars, okay, and you can go and, 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 and get something special for yourself. That's just an atrocity. We can't do that. Have you ever ever found yourself making that statement before? Listen, I'm really busy, so here, why don't you take this? And that can't happen. If we say, have we ever made that statement before? We say, well, no, that's just, you're in church, you have to tell the truth. That we understand this idea, and I've told you over and over and over again, there's only, only two things that last forever, the word of God and the souls of man. There's only one thing you can take with you to heaven. And that's the souls. That's your own child. And so don't cheapen your relationship by 10 bucks or 20 bucks or $1,000. The investment of your time teaching your children the priority importance that they are, nothing can replace the time that you have to pour into to invest into the lives of your children. Secondly, we see that caring dads always strive to teach their children something new. Jesus taught a lesson here. Now obviously he's talking to the children as well as the adults. Kids are present, but they saw it. They heard it. They got the message. Intentionally given an opportunity to learn it as they were listening to Jesus. I I, I just love my own dad. I have to call him later on today, as, as you all need to do if your dad is still here. And I, I think about the dad that I had that... He was kind of a—it's kind of a wild, weird dad. He—he he would be an individual who couldn't do really anything exceptionally well, other than live life as a dad. He—he he did that exceptionally well. What's interesting is that I constantly. Tagged along. I was always riding with my dad, or I was always walking with my dad. Or my dad would go somewhere to speak. I would always be there with him. And and my dad made it it interesting in a way that, that life itself, walk out the door, is going to be adventure. You have no idea what is going to take place, and you've got to be ready for this. You've got to expect this. You have to be prepared to handle whatever situation. I think at times that, that the car would break down and, and, and Dad was just horrendous at trying to fix things, but at times he just was able to do it. And I remember he would make the statement, how, how, how are we going to fix this? And he would include me with that, and I, I wouldn't have any idea. And I remember the importance of how life was lived alongside, and he was constantly looking for opportunities to teach me things along the way, along the journey. Do you realize that that's exactly what you and I are called to do with the lives of our own children? You're always challenging them. You're quizzing them. What do we do in this situation? What does God's word say about this? Who has designed this? How is God's sovereignty visible or evident over this? How has God given you the mind or the ability or the hands to fix or to solve this problem or this dilemma or this hurdle? Every single day, Faces gives us opportunities to learn and to grow ourselves as we continue to teach our children around us. Dads, I want you to think about that. Do you give your kids opportunities to learn more things? You say, well, yeah, but... But my child's kind of beyond that now. No, no, you still model for them. You never stop being a father. You never stop being an example. We have to give our oppor- give our kids uh, opportunities to learn and always be willing to teach something new. Thirdly, and finally, caring dads live so their children see Christ in them. It is it is most important to note. I believe one of the first introductions that a child has of Christ, to the person of Christ, to the character of Christ, the first introduction a child has of Christ is seen, should be seen, in you. A glimpse of their heavenly father should be literally seen or introduced by their earthly father. Which means dad has a constant pursuit of, of holiness in his life, there's certain things you don't go here there's certain things you don't watch there's certain things you don't read there's certain things you don't say because that is concerned about personal holiness. You model that for your kids we 're modeling what Christ is. Christ shows us what that he is just, that he is fair, that he is truthful that 's what a child should see. In their earthly father. That's what, that's what your son, your daughter should see in you all the time. We know that Jesus Christ is compassionate. Dads, there's something that at times we lack. Where we would be quick to solve a problem, but we're not tender. We're compassionate. God's Word says have a tender heart. Be tender-hearted towards one another. Christ was compassionate. We're to model that compassion for our kids. Christ was loving, he was gracious, he was gentle, he was insightful, he was instructive. All of these things should be seen in us as fathers. In order to do this, we need times, we need moments to get a glimpse of how they're living their life in a way that Jesus lived, in a way that Jesus loved, so that we, what? We follow directly in his footsteps, The way that Jesus pulled these little ones up into his lap, we should be willing to pull our little ones up into our lap and to teach them and show them exactly what Jesus would want for them to learn. Ultimately, Jesus wanted everyone to hear and to see what true faith looks like. And that's what he says, unless you begin to get it like this little one. Now think about the faith of a child. Literally, the hope of heaven exists for those who have... A simple, tender faith. For some reason, the more that we grow, the more that we learn, the more that we mature, we complicate things that really don't need to be complicated. I'm not saying that there is not a necessary place to to study. All I'm saying is that don't don't overcomplicate something that is very simple. Show your kids and share your kids there's a holy God that He created us, that He loves us, that in our own self, in our flesh, that we have fallen into sin and there's a great distance. But Jesus Christ loves you, cares for you, has offered himself for you,? What? So that we put our faith, our life into His hands and into His work. And it closes the gap. and it's living every day in light of that. Just as a earthly father is to care for, to provide, to protect, to love, how how much greater, how much greater of a way is there to do that in life for a child than offer them what? That for eternity, the message of the gospel that lasts for eternity, to protect them for eternity, to love them for all of eternity, to provide for them, to offer them forgiveness of their sins for all of eternity. We get so saturated and set on here and now how about how about nolan dales testimony this morning that said i'm returning because i'm realizing living for for finances financial things and material is just it's not worth it it's not it and he had to travel what a thousand miles south to get a glimpse to get a reminder to to get a, a lesson that says what he, he, he is following what his mom and dad have instructed him that says, what you see around here, this isn't it. And if we have to remind kids by that, then, then do that. Are you, as a father, we begin to measure it. And I know that people say it was hard to measure and to assess. assess. Constantly assess. What areas of your life as a dad you need to improve on? Sometimes in our exhaustion, our congestion, our frustration, that we're kind of what? We're kind of checking off. Did I do this or did I not do this? Examine where you are in having your arms wide open, just like Christ did. Allowing your little ones to come. So that you pour into their lives. That you are always, always giving them opportunities to see what their heavenly father, how their heavenly father behaves through their earthly father's actions. I know that there's a lot there, but praise God for the simple reminder and for the model of the Lord Jesus Christ who gives to us a picture of what it means to be a dad, a loving father as a model for you and I. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day, this time. We thank you, Lord, for this Message, Lord, from, from you by way of the example that is given in Christ, in his life. Father, I thank you for our fathers. I thank you for the sacrifice that, that they make in so many ways, in so many areas. And Father, I would just ask that you would use this time to kind of reset, reconfigure our thinking, to examine how we're doing in this area. That we model um, your, your love to our children, that you would give to us the ability through your spirit to do that. Father, I would ask blessings upon our fathers that are here and grandfathers. Uh, Father, I would just ask that you'd be glorified in this church as we know that a church will only be as strong as its families are. Thank you for your love for us and thank you for the hope of the gospel that we have to pass on to generation after generation by ministering this message to our children, thank you for this. In your name we pray.